0: Doctors and Air is brought to you by SinLab.
1: Good morning. Today we'll be talking about sexual harassment. Specifically, sexual harassment, because we talk about rape, we've talked about different kinds of abuse, but not sexual harassment. So we'll be focusing on that today. But first, the news.
2: Doctors on Air, Health News Lambda Variant As the coronavirus Delta variant continues to gain ground, scientists and public health officials are cautiously monitoring another variant that's appeared in many countries around the world, the Lambda variant. Medical experts worry as Delta variant enters Nigeria. Medical experts have expressed worry about the imminent onset of the third wave of COVID-19 in Nigeria in the wake of the confirmation of the highly infectious Delta variant of the COVID-19 virus in Nigeria. WHO begins audit of Navdac for production of COVID-19 vaccines. The Director General of the National Agency for Food and Drug Administration and Control, NAVDAC, Mujisola Adeyeye, has said the agency is being audited by the World Health Organization, WHO, in order for Nigeria to commence the production of COVID-19 vaccines. Over to events now, you can be part of today's conversation. Kindly join at 8.30 a.m. immediately after the program via Zoom to ask your questions. Visit the website www.doctorsonair.com.ng or the social media handles at DoctorsOnAirNG to get the Zoom link. Remember that COVID-19 is real. Use your face masks, wash your hands, use hand sanitizers, and apply social distancing. And that's all on health news. It's back to Dr. Pramila, and today we're talking sexual harassment.
1: Good morning, Dr. Ibrou. It's lovely to have you back on the program again. Good morning. Um, Yeah, thank you. So today we want to be talking about sexual harassment. And I'd like to ask, what is sexual harassment as opposed to sexual abuse, as opposed to rape? So when you describe
3: sexual harassment, what you're saying is that this is any form of an unwelcome sexual behaviour. It could be a request for a sexual favour. It could be otherwise physical or verbal. And it could also be deemed as offensive or humiliating or even sometimes intimidating. So any situation that bears that scenario would be considered a form of sexual
1: harassment. Now, we, I'm gonna go into it a bit more and say what kinds of conduct are considered harassment? Because you've given a sort of a vague description, but I'd like you to give some examples
3: Right. Now, it could scenarios. Be. So, yep. now, scenarios. Say, for instance, in the workplace. So, for example, comments about a person's appearance, her body, her clothing, for instance, would be deemed sexually sexually harassing the other party. Indecent remarks made. In like workplace. what?
1: Like what? Specifics.
3: For instance, saying, "Oh, I like the way your breasts look." In this. Ah, my goodness. Exactly. I was saying, oh, when you walked away, I liked the way that, you know, your backside moved as you walked away from your office. That's okay. an example. Questions about one's sexual life. You're sitting in an office space and someone is saying, oh, I'm sure you had fun last night. Implying that, you know, there was some sort of, you know, sexual relationship or activity that has no bearing in the workplace. Looking and staring. inappropriately at a person's form whilst you're talking to them you're having a meeting for instance and you're looking at a woman's chest you're looking at a man's chest inappropriately making the other party feel uncomfortable remember it's all about how are you making the other party feel does that other party feel offended do they feel humiliated or sometimes do they feel intimidated displaying material in the workplace you know inappropriate material sharing inappropriate material, sending inappropriate emails, for instance, or the use of social media or other means of communication is also considered forms of sexual harassment.
1: I think that for me, you know, is quite interesting. And also what we talked about is, you know, in terms of the examples you gave, you know, those were quite overt and quite shocking, but things that some people may say, are I was just joking. That term, I was just joking, is often used to cover up, for me, a lot of harassment. Maybe you should actually distinguish between harassment and sexual harassment because there are different kinds of harassment, aren't there? I don't know if that's something you could do. So we can actually then zoom back into the sexual harassment and then take it from there.
3: When you define harassment, this is any form of discrimination. And it includes the unwanted physical or verbal behavior, and it persists over time. So it could be spoken or written words or physical abuse. It's not gender specific. So we know it can occur with regards to male or female gender in the office space. It can occur anywhere at any time. And it also can occur on its own or alongside other forms of harassment. Now, what do I mean by that? Say, for instance, a supervisor repeatedly threatens you in a workspace because perhaps you refuse some sort of sexual engagement. This would be considered both verbal and sexual harassment. If you have the same supervisor rubbing your shoulders inappropriately in the workplace, this would then be considered physical or sexual harassment. If you have a supervisor that is sending you inappropriate emails and pictures, you would define this as sexual harassment, but also as cyber harassment, because you are now using digital technology. So these, in broad strokes, would be the different forms of harassment under that definition. But well, as we said earlier, when it becomes of a sexual nature, when it's in the context of a sexual behavior, whether it's physical or verbal, And if it becomes offensive and intimidating, and of course, persisting over time, this is where it falls under the genre of being sexual harassment by
1: definition. In our society, a lot of things you've you've actually described are considered normal. And this is where we, we need to sort of raise awareness about what is actually acceptable and what is not acceptable in the workplace. And I also want to mention in places like universities, what other places do these kinds of sexual harassment and other kind of harassments take place?
3: Well, in my opinion, sexual harassment occurs everywhere, anywhere. It occurs when a lady is in public transportation and there's a gentleman or a woman pushing inappropriately against her. Okay. It occurs, as you rightly said, in the workplace. It occurs in universities, in secondary schools. It occurs at home. It occurs on the street when you're walking past a group of men and they start cat whistling at you and making inappropriate comments as you walk by. And so sexual harassment occurs anywhere and at any
1: time. Now, some men would argue, and I want to take it to the male-female domain, because when we leave it vague, it, it kind of dilutes things. And I do know, and I, I, please correct me if I'm wrong, but there is more male-on-female harassment than female-on-male harassment. Am I correct or am I wrong about this?
3: You're absolutely correct. Um, when we talk about, and this is now more about the gender-based violence, and we didn't know who the perpetrator is we fully acknowledge that it's not gender specific however there's a significantly more larger number of cases where the perpetrator is male as opposed to female that's correct
1: okay, so now just taking uh you know the example of the male on female a lot of men would say but i just liked her and i you know i was just showing her that i liked her and so how do you distinguish or how do you get because one of the things that we need to do is also to train our sons. The reason why I'm saying this is because you know there's this whole issue of oh, she's just playing how to get, or you know, the whole thing about that in our own society. And our uh, no means yes and yes, and all those kinds of really blurred lines that you know also because they're considered normal in our society, don't even allow the female to know that she's being harassed even when she is. I agree. I think um,
3: a big part of the problem, the underlying problem, when it comes to gender-based violence, globally is well recognized. But we must acknowledge that within Nigeria, within countries where there's a patriarchy, countries where there are cultural practices that encourage violence against girls and women, we do have those layers that have to be considered and we have to navigate through because we have communities that enable these acts of violence. And as a result of that, women, girls and boys and men who are subject to these acts are ostracized. And then they're forced to keep silent and then they can't speak out about their abuse. I think it's important for us to speak of consent When we talk about consent, we talk about consent in specific, if you will, um, criteria. We say when we discuss consent, it's a mutual agreement. It has to be between two consenting adults. You have to recognize that you're over the age of 18 and then you become a consenting adult. It has to be freely given. You cannot threaten me, you cannot force me, you cannot encourage me, you can't bribe me into giving my consent. It's reversible. I can change my mind. It's okay for you to change your mind. I can start with being a willing participant and I can turn around and say, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. It has to be informed, Pamela. I have to know exactly what I'm consenting to. I can't be falsely led down this path and I'm unaware of exactly what I'm carrying on with. It has to be enthusiastic. I want to willingly do it. I'm aware, I'm informed, I'm encouraged, and I want to do it. And then finally, it has to be specific. Again, you can't say you agreed to have sex with me because I kissed you and you said it was all right. I have to be very much aware of exactly what I'm consenting to. And then of course, we know that I cannot give my consent if I'm asleep, if I'm, I'm unconscious. Exactly. Or I'm the Influence of you know, substances or alcohol.
1: No, i think these are some of the things that are absolutely key and things that we need to talk about and there's a really actually wonderful whatsapp that goes around about comparing consent to a cup of tea and i think that is actually you know it's one of the most brilliant things that uh, that i've seen but going back to um sexual harassment would you say it is rampant in nigeria and who are the most vulnerable well when we talk about
3: sexual harassment As with many of our problems, the scale of the problem is very difficult to appreciate because we have a dearth of data. So I would say the most recent statistics that we have is from the National Population Commission in 2016. And it said 2% of women between the ages of 15 and 49 have experienced sexual harassment in their lifetime. Now we're 100 million people.
1: No, 2%. I want to actually disagree with that. And I say that is where the problem comes in, Kemi, because the reality is women don't know what sexual harassment is because there's no way that you would say only two. So you have less than 50% of women not having had experienced sexual harassment in their lifetime. It's not possible.
3: So that was my next point that, in spite of the fact that statistically these are the numbers that have been stated, you and I are agreement on this. We know that it is significantly higher. And a fundamental part of the problem is, as you said, women don't even appreciate when they're being sexually harassed because they've been socialized and conditioned from such a young age to accept these inappropriate acts and types of behavior because it's all around them and they don't know any different. Hmm.
1: So why does it occur who's the most vulnerable to sexual harassment?
3: I think, as with all forms of gender-based violence, the most vulnerable are always the adolescent age group, whether the young girls and boys between the ages of 12, 13, and 18. So statistically, when you're addressing the issue, look at that age. Group. However, there's a specific group or subtype or subset, I should say, which is in the workplace, and these are, you know, scenarios that tend to occur as a result of the power dynamic. It can occur anywhere it can occur in the home as well as in the workplace but many a time in the workplace when you discuss or describe sexual harassment you describe it in the context of these power dynamics that occur with a supervisor and perhaps a new entry employee so
1: you know what would be the profile for example of a sexual harasser supervisor in the workplace
3: so um how would
1: you identify him or her
3: So, for instance, I can give you a scenario, you would have a young, newly employed person, you know, she's working very hard, she appreciates the fact that um, there's an opening in her office, and she wants, you know, to turn her internship into a more permanent, you know, um, contract. And so, she goes to HR, she um, informs HR of her interest, and perhaps the HR supervisor, has taken a fancy to her. And so he says to her, oh, let's have a drink so we can discuss it. And she agrees. And the next thing he says to her, well, you know, I can help you, you know, get this job. However, you know, this would be ex- in exchange for sexual favors. Now, she is very much aware of the fact that she needs the job. Um, perhaps, again, we can extrapolate and imagine that, you know, her personal circumstances are such that, you know, she has dependence on her and so she can't afford not to get this job. And this is a man that is older, in a position of authority, putting a lot of pressure on her at that point in time, and saying to her, everybody else does it, and if you don't do it, I shall give this job or ensure that this job is given to somebody else. And besides which, if you go back and report this, nobody will believe you. So this, by definition, is a form of the quid pro quo type of sexual harassment. That happens very often in the workplace as a result of a supervisor either trading, you know, promotions or advancement for sexual favors. Thank you. Doctors and Air is
0: brought to you by Sinlab.
2: With happy cover from Leadway Assurance, you'll be covered for, well, almost anything.
0: Vivian, your ankle is bandaged. What happened? I was on my morning jog when I was almost run over. I twisted my ankle diving out of the way. That is unbelievable. Was everyone all right? Everyone was more than all right. Luckily, I have happy cover and so did everyone else.
1: Live happy with Leadway's household automobile personal accident policy. One premium, multiple cover. SMS happy to 22865 or email happy at leadway.com for more details. Leadway Assurance, ensuring happiness since 1970.
0: Doctors and Air is brought to you by SynLab.
1: Thank you, madam, for coming on the program to share your experience with us. Can you tell us, how have you been sexually harassed in the past?
0: It happened in the office where I was working. What happened? One of the staff there... He said that he liked me and he wanted me to be his friend. But I said, I don't want. And then he continued, continue like that. I said, no. After that, he began to say his um, his penis to tell me the size and how he can use it very well. How and I, I said, I don't want. I don't like. I'm not interested. And I reported to the Ogar, but Ogar did not say anything. And because I have to pay house rents and take care of myself, I cannot stop the job. And it continue like that. So I have to be hiding. If I'm seeing him, and then I will go in another direction.
1: Are you still at the job? Is it continuing now? Or did you leave the job because of it?
0: I have to leave because it did not stop. And then it now told other people in the office, the other men, so if I'm passing, they will just start laughing and be saying what I can't hear and they'll be laughing. So I have to resign.
1: Okay, that's very sad. But I hope you have another job now that's better.
0: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Uh, you feel safe there.
1: Okay. Thank you so much for sharing with us. We really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Ibru, thank you once more for being with us. You heard our story, and it's, it sounds quite um, typical. I mean, and uh, this is not even somebody who was like, I mean, she didn't mention any intimidation, threats of job loss or anything, but even just that continuous harassment makes a person so uncomfortable they have to leave their work, even though the job, as she said, was so important.
3: We had mentioned earlier on, Pamela, about the true pro quo example, but this is actually the second type of um, sexual harassment that um, we often describe, the offensive workplace where an individual in the workplace or the perpetrator deliberately makes the workplace hostile and uncomfortable for you. You know, he's persistent in his um, harassment. He gets others involved, makes you feel even more embarrassed and humiliated. And um, their action actually just implies that they can actually get away with this because nobody in that workplace is supporting you. And it's very sad what um, the lady that you had on the call had to say because more often than not, that's the case. You either have to leave the environment or in other instances, you stay and you continue to be abused abused rather day in, day out.
1: And it's, for me, it's really awful the way the others joined in to, 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 to support the harasser. And nothing, as she reported, and nothing was done. You know, and this, this is the problem. This is a real problem in our environment. And it happens the other way around, doesn't it? To boys as well. Yes, it does.
3: I mean, as we said, um, we have to remember that when we talk about sexual harassment or any form of um, gender-based violence, it is gender non-specific. So you could have the perpetrator be male or female. And likewise, you could have the survivor be male or female. We have instances where young men are harassed by their female bosses in um, a workplace. I had an instance where we had to deal with a case of a young boy who was working in um, one of the um, well, I can't name the organization, but one of the organizations in Lagos, And he said that every time he would go into the office of his boss, who was female, she would lean into him and she was, you know, very inappropriate by touching his hand or touching his shoulder and so on while they were discussing work. And he said that he appreciated the fact that um, she was his boss, but he also felt that her behavior was inappropriate. Now he was new in the job, he was young, and he was too embarrassed to complain about it. And it went on for quite a while until she actually physically um, accosted him and asked that he went home with her. And it was only at that point in time that he felt compelled to report it and so yes it does happen sadly to young um young individuals both men and women in many uh, I,
1: I hope his case was better that when he reported something was done because we, we we need to talk about what people can do when they find themselves in these situations
3: well fortunately because i mean when we speak about sexual harassment and the law i know that the nigerian labor act is pretty silent about this issue and a lot of times they rely on the workplace or the organization to decide on you know the offence and you know what would need to then happen with regards to punitive measures yeah. when acts occur. Um, but I also know that from state to state, these laws also vary. I mean, we mentioned you and I very briefly before we started about the law and sexual harassment. And yeah. City, for example, does have um, in the criminal law of Lagos State from 2011 a subsection that actually states that you know, if you are sexually harassing another individual, it's um, a felony and it's liable to imprisonment for up to three years. So That's
1: interesting. Most that, people don't know that.
3: Exactly. So that means that any unwelcome sexual advances, any request for sexual favors, whether it's verbal or physical conduct or the sexual nature, would be subject to this um, particular law in Lagos State. And so it's important that we recognize that um, there is, I mean, legally some sort of recourse but unfortunately, as I just said, it's state by state, mm. but then you did ask what can be done. And I think it's very important that we appreciate that the organization or where you work has in place, if you will, um, policies, a handbook, procedures that you know, protect you from sexual harassment in that particular setting so, you know, when you're starting a job, you need to ask these questions, you know, do you have a manual, for instance, does it speak on gender policy? Does it speak on sexual harassment? Are there any training courses or orientation courses that you give, you know, to encourage one to feel protected and to have processes in place if these occur? And then you have to find out if there's an effective grievance or complaint mechanism in that office. Is it transparent? Is there a committee? Are there multiple channels of reporting. These are the questions that you have to ask and you have to understand. People always ask me, well, if I'm being sexually harassed, what do I do? So I I always say beyond making sure and checking that these systems are in place and these procedures have been put in place, you have to clearly articulate what's going on. It's very important for you to list everything that's happening, document each incident, go into detail, about the time and the place and the action and then if you are with other uh, members of um, you know either your team or you know in your space, make sure that when it does occur there's always somebody else around who hopefully can witness this occurring as and when it does because unfortunately when it comes down to reporting these cases it's always a he said she said scenario yes. you know you come forward and you make a claim and the other party either denies it. it, but more often than not exactly denies it. So when you're ready to report to the relevant authority, it's important that you have all of this information documented so that this can then be you know, escalated, if you will, through the committee or through the human resources or gender desk or whatever um, systems that they put in place. But I always say one thing, Pamela, it's very important for everyone to appreciate that you have to be ready for the consequences. It's never easy, it's never quick. And as I said, it always divides the office space because you have friendship circles that have already been formed. You have people that have preconceived ideas. He's a nice man or she's a nice lady. And so it's never an easy journey. But I urge everyone to please report it. And then, more importantly, for organizations to protect their employees.
1: That's actually where I was going to come to because I'm aware that far more people report it then action is actually taken. And this is not a Nigerian phenomenon. Look at that case of that Epstein. The number of reported cases were, I don't even know what word to use. Mammon, there were so many. And yet to build nothing was done over the years. Yes, exactly.
3: To appreciate that this does not, you know, speak ill of the organization. It happens. It's one of those pervasive issues that are in our environment, in our community. And community members are the same members that are in the workspace, so they come with all of their, you know, issues, if you will, with regards to their cultural um, biases, their social biases, and you know, the conscious and unconsciously translates into the workplace.
1: Can sexual harassment lead to rape and actual sexual abuse? And what can a person do if, for example, they're in a situation where there's sexual harassment going on? They may or may not have reported it, but they feel threatened and they're in an office space. What do they do? Or in a university?
3: There must be some sort of reporting channel. And if there's not? If there isn't one, then you have to take responsibility for the actions that, you know, occurring. You can report to organizations like ours, or if we're very much aware of um, the sexual harassment cases that occur, not just in the workplace, but also in universities like you spoke of. And then we can then, um, with the assistance of our team, Either you know inform the police, alongside you know your willingness to do so, or um, involve you know legal ramifications by getting
1: lawyers involved thank you for that you know we're actually running out of time and i'd like to just let everyone know that they can continue the conversation they can actually ask questions directly to dr ibru by joining the conversation immediately after this um, radio show all they have to do is go to our website www.doctorsonair.com.ng and click on the zoom link which will take you to where we are to join us and um, you can ask questions yourself because you mentioned your organization if you could say a bit more about your organization and how your organization actually helps and then wrap that up with a few last words for our listeners so that people can know where how to reach out to you particularly if they're victims themselves right now and are busy being sexually harassed
3: the wife is a non-profit organization the women at risk international foundation and we address all forms of gender-based violence including sexual harassment um, we've been working in the space now for five years we have a rape crisis center in Yaba the offer there including forensic examination treatment testing as well as counseling we also assist as I said with um, social welfare legal aid if there's a need for that and even vocational skills for women that you know unfortunately are making poor choices because they're economically constrained we are um, located at number six 13th Street, and that's off Thurban Avenue in Yaba. We have a 24-hour confidential helpline. You can reach counsellors on... Can you... you,
1: Thank you. Share it. Sorry. Can you share it? That's
3: fine. 0809-210-0009. Our wiki bag is 0809-210-0009. We are on all the social media platforms, which is Instagram, Facebook, as well as um, Twitter. And you can certainly um, reach us in person or um, via these other means of communication.
1: Thank you so much for coming on the program and we'll talk to you.
3: I can add also that all our services are free.
1: Okay, so please reach out if you are in need. If you have had a problem, you need to talk about it. There's someone who's ready to listen and ready to assist you. So please reach out. So you can always also, as I said, talk to us after this call. Join us now. On clicking the Zoom link www.doctorsonair.com.ng. Thank you very much. Thank very
0: much for having me. Doctors on Air is brought to you by lab